Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and partner in crime, Rob Langevin. Rob, it's, it's been a little bit of a slower week uh, in, in uh, FPL. Obviously, the launch wasn't this week. Uh, there's been less high-profile moves like we had Lukaku last week. Uh, that, that whole Rooney rotation that the two of them did. Uh, anything new that uh, you've been keeping your eye on this week? No. I mean, it, the transfer market's been uh, pretty slow. Uh, you know, I think the Kyle Walker new transfer is the biggest one that has happened, uh, which is, you know, just rattling down ramifications throughout the uh, FPL universe, whether that be draft style or the official game. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting that City are – bringing in people let hand over fist and you know especially in in a draft style with the rumors that are going out there you know all this you know, I, i'm not going to say that alexis is going to end up at city but you know if if he does end up at city it's it, it's it's pretty weird that you know manchester city could have four draft picks in the first round of of players which would be completely just bonkers who's the fourth um, Sané or walker well you'd have you'd have de bruyne you'd have it or depends Guerrero. on how the Aguero, and Jesus. Jesus, yeah, and then you know Alexis Sané or Silva or oh yeah. oh Alexis, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just it's weird to speculate that you know if if it's the abundance of fantasy talent that they would have, um, you know, but that's draft style. So we're we're here to talk about official game. Um, yeah, I mean it's everybody's trying to bang out you know drafts of drafts of of another draft of teams. Trying to figure out the best, uh, you know, one plus one equals a hundred million team. So, uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later. We're going to talk about template teams, percentage, percentage of ownership right now that are, you know, the trends that are going around the the FPL universe. And uh, but you know, we'll just stick right here and we'll uh, we'll talk about transfer news, Kev. What with the with the news that uh, that Kyle Walker is now at City. What are the ramifications that have come down through that. Do you still think he's a better? You think he's a better player at City than at at Tottenham, or would you rather own his replacement at Tottenham over Kyle Walker and Kieran Trippier? I definitely rather own Trippier, but I don't think that those are mutually exclusive concepts. Um, I think you could definitely own both. Uh, a little bit of fun stat where Kyle Walker last year tied with the most assists last season with five. He had one every 541 minutes. Um, Kieran Trippier, one every 113 minutes. City defenders on average, one every 1,784 minutes. That's a lot so, of time. 
That's a long, long time. City Defenders as a whole had seven assists last year. Walker had five all by himself. So this is obviously a step up, both in fantasy, because you finally have an outlet on that right side that we haven't seen since Zabaleta got old, Mm -hmm. um, and also improves them in real life because a mixture of uh, Zabaleta and it was Fernandinho towards the end of the year playing quote-unquote right back for them like the fact that this is now going to be an ever-present is definitely good does it Mm -hmm. make kyle walker a better player i don't think so i don't think removing somebody from getting to play next to toby alderweireld makes anybody better um if company stays fit that is obviously mitigated tremendously but (laughs) next to john stones or otamendi that could cause issues um but the fact that he's going to definitely be playing i mean there is no one else that's going to challenge him for that spot so in that regard i i think walker is still you know, top five, top ten, probably. That six dot five price tag in a city defense versus in a Tottenham defense feels harsh. Like a six dot probably is more belying of his uh, uh, abilities day one. But you know, people people can nitpick over point five all preseason, and uh, <laughs> you know, if if you want him in your team, have him in your team. He's obviously the best defensive threat that Manchester City have at the moment and like I said probably the best that they've had since uh, Zabaleta got too old to really contribute anymore yeah now here's an interesting question his price is 6.5 like you mentioned is there anybody in that 6.5 price range that you'd want more than than Kyle Walker right now just at 6.5 I'm saying yeah uh let's let's uh let's take a look see you got you got Azpilicueta Cahill Moses Coleman Milner Valencia and Rose and Walker obviously yeah um, if Rose was healthy, I'd, I'd probably lean that way. Valencia's playing time issues at the end of the season were just as concerning as Walker's. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chelsea guys, I understand. Uh, the Azpilicueta thing, because he ended up with a fair few assists, because he got like three in the last six or so matches. Um, I don't know whether to believe that or not. It seems like all of the Alexandro stuff has died down, so it feels like you can finally trust in Alonso, and I know uh, you're you're very pro-defense at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I probably wouldn't do it on Cahill, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I probably still do have Walker in my top five then. Okay, yeah, I, I, I'd probably the only player above six point five or more for than Kyle Walker. The only person I would want to own is Alonzo. That's the only person I would own over Walker out of that grouping. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Although, like That's, we both said, at a cheaper price by a whole dollar, Trippier yeah. at five five. Is, oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Five five Trippier should be is probably going to be one of the most owned defense defenders once the season kicks off, you know, because of what he's going to bring, what Spurs can do and how defensively they are prone for clean sheets at 5.5. He's basically a great entry level. I know most of, I know 5.5 you're sitting at home going, that's not entry level, but for a Spurs defense, that's entry level because you had Walker at 6.5, you had Rose at 6.5, you have Vertonghen and, and Toby, Toby at 6.0. 6. Yeah. So, I mean, at 5.5, you're getting a, a, a entry level for a one, top one or two defender, defensive team by the, when, when it's all said and done. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, this seems just like a uh, too, too good to be true scenario at 5.5. <laughs> it does. And, and concerningly, uh, as a Spurs fan, it's starting to look more and more like we may be willing to come into the year with Trippier as our one, Dyer as cover at, at, behind him, and then Kyle Walker-Peters, who's a youth project. Uh, sorry, youth prospect behind him. Uh, all, all the rumors of uh, the Ricardo Pereira stuff and uh, the Cedric stuff have, have all kind of died down. 
Mm-hmm. There's still every possibility we make a move like that. But the mm-hmm. point of selling Kyle Walker on is that Pochettino believes that Kieran Trippier is ready to be in the first team. So even if we do target someone else, the goal will be for Trippier to be starting in the first team, at least for the start of the year. So uh, regardless, yeah, he, he's a terrific option, but it may be even better than we think if Tottenham end up ignoring that position for the rest of the transfer window. Yeah, it would be it'd be interesting if they just completely left it alone. And you know, with the with the shape of of Spurs' first eight fixtures, Newcastle at Chelsea, at Burnley, home to er- uh, on the road to Everton, home to Swansea, on the road to West Ham, on the road to Huddersfield, and home for Bo- for Bur- uh, Bournemouth. First eight fixtures uh, is looking very good. Six out of the matchup, six out of the eight matchups are in their favor. You know, it they're on a new pitch. I understand the argument for the new pitch and all that stuff with playing at Wembley this year. The field is bigger, but just by just by uh, you know stats alone from last year, that carryover is going to be a predominantly good thing for FPL ownership. And I'm firmly buying into at least one or maybe two Spurs defenders for the first eight weeks. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, it's it's all a firm investment there because, I, like I said, at the end of the day, when when you're done painting the room and the paint's drying, it's you know that the Spurs defenders are not going to leave any streaks. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited to see uh, what can happen with Trippier there. The other one to keep an eye on uh, here for people playing at home is Kevin Vimmer. Uh, it sounds mm-hmm. like we may actually allow him to leave on loan inside the Premier League uh, with Southampton eyeing him as a potential replacement for Van Dyke if he left, uh, and all of a sudden. Vimmer, regardless of where he goes, at 4.5 would be a very, very tempting option as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, to stop talking about my club, shift to yours. Uh, Chelsea have signed Bakayoko. Uh, he's been priced at 5.0 as an incoming. Only two goals and one assist uh, in 32 matches last season. He's a midfielder, which even though he's defensively minded, ruins all of those clean sheets for him. Uh, two questions. One real life, one fantasy. One. What's the point of developing Chaloba all these years than selling him to bring in a similar player? And two, I know you've always leaned Fabregas over Willian on who would uh, take advantage mostly of Hazard's absence, but does them bring in another central midfielder hurt his fantasy stock for you? Uh, first off, I think uh, Chelsea wanted a, a tried-and-true guy who's tested in the Champions League field, and Bakayoko fits that. That's why I think they went over him over Chaloba. Who, who you know was permanently you know was sold. Uh, going on to the Fabregas versus William thing, I think both still have a place until Hazard comes back, and then it's going to be a matter of how they, you know, how their form is in their first you know six whatever games Hazard mi- uh, you know misses. Uh, you know, we both we saw them both play and perform very well in in the preseason game that we just saw. William, I believe, had a hat trick. You know, Fabregas played well as well. Um, yeah, I mean, at 7.0 for both players, Fabregas and William, you know, speculatively, it's a great, it's a great idea to roster one of them to, to, to have both. You're basically going to have to flip a coin right now and go, you know, which, which way your, you know, your booty is, is booty, booty's pointing. Um, you know, I, I'm favoring William now because I think that, I think Fabregas is more confined to that central role, whereas William can play out wide and spell Pedro if he needs to. You know, he could play out in the, on the offset striker role if he needs to. He's more of a, a scorer than Fabregas is the facilitator. Um, Bakayoko is, you know, I think he, he slots right in, be right next to, to Conte. Um, so I think that he's safe there. So everybody pushes up then. You know, it's just, it, it's good. To, it's a good thing for Chelsea to have these names in real football. In fantasy, it kind of puts a pinch on, on who you're rostering and where you're rostering these players. It's, it's 
it's a weird conundrum here because when you look at the way Chelsea's constructed right now for fantasy, it, there's nobody that you're really 100% nailed on with right now. With Hazard injured at, and at 10.5, he's not in your roster to begin the year. You know, you're not really trusting one of their forwards. Costa is basically in the wind. Batshuayi is 8.5. There's probably equal or better investments there because we don't know if Batshuayi is going to be the guy. So basically it shifts all of your attention for Chelsea ownership. I know that's not what you ask yet, but I'm going into because we're talking about Chelsea here. Yeah. It, it, shifts all their, it shifts all the attention right now to basically Chelsea defense. Basically, there's only one one guy or two guys that maybe you'll you'll own. And when we, we get a little later in the show, we'll talk about the Temple teams. And it's surprising that when I tell you who the most owned Chelsea defender is right now. But, I mean, Alonso to me is the, is, is the guy at 7.0. His point return was, you know, seventh overall for midfielders. I believe he was sixth overall for if he was a forward. Uh, it's his point total. If, if you compare him to a 7.0 midfielder, he had 48 more points than a midfielder. He had 23 more points than a 7.0 striker last year. I mean, the, the price tag looks ab- absorbent because he's a defender, but the point return won't, won't be. So when you're looking at Chelsea ownership for the beginning of the year, it's going to be interesting how many people squeeze in different names besides Alonzo. And, and, it, and it'd be interesting. And like when we, like I said, when we get to the Temple team, I'm, I'm going to pull out a name, and it's going to surprise everybody that he's the most owned right now. I mean, he he is he's one of the cheaper defenders on their team, but it's just weird that he's the one guy that people are going to. Yeah, it, and I look forward to us getting to uh, you talking us through that Template team. Um, <clears throat> in the interim, before we get there, still lots of player news. No club more involved this week uh, than West Ham at the moment. They officially bring in Joe Hart today. Uh, to play the back, we'll start with him. West Ham, 15th in defense last season. But you would assume that they will offer a lot of save opportunities, I suppose is the positive way to spin this. Uh, where, where do you have Hart in your non-existent, because none of us do goalkeeper rankings, goalkeeper rankings? Um, you know, he's not near the top, and he's not near the bottom. I'd probably put him with the the incoming three promoted teams maybe right in that in that neck of the name so you don't want him because he's probably no. going to come at like 50 i i would imagine he probably comes exactly right at 50 mm. oh yeah hopeful, and that's important the reason we're saying that is because he was not listed under city in the official game yet so we do yeah. not actually know his price at yeah. time of I mean, speaking i mean with randolph at 4 or 5 and adrian at 4 or 5 on west ham he there's a possibility he could come in at 4 or 5 but i think his name and what he's done previously, you know, winning, I, I think he's won two Golden Gloves, right, for in the Premier League. So it, it, that, that could push him into the 5.0 range. Um, but there's nobody really on West Ham defensively that's sticking out to you. You know, Cresswell had a down year. Zabaleta, who can we trust at 5.0? At, you know, Jose Font at 5.0 is, is blah. I mean, West Ham's going to give him enough defensively metrics to basically allow him to do some things save-wise, and that's it. I don't see West Ham getting, you know, being in the top 10 for clean sheets. I think they're probably right in that 10 to 14 range where they probably get in that kind of grouping. So it depends on his price tag, but if it's at 5.0, he's definitely not an owner owned. But at 4.5, maybe you could squeeze him into your team. But there's so many better options at 4.5. You have Hennessy, you have Foster, uh, you know, guys like that who have interesting schedules to begin the year. So you could probably bank on them instead of going with a, a proven or, you know, quote quote unquote proven commodity like Joe Hart. Yeah. Um there's a, a potential addition to that defense, uh, with Jim White saying that Kieran Gibbs could be close to a deal uh to West Ham, which would be interesting because he plays the same position 
is Aaron Cresswell. And instead of that seeming a positive, I think, uh, to your point, it shows how Struggles-ville Cresswell was last year. And I'm not necessarily sure that Gibbs would be too good of a replacement. Yeah. You already mentioned Zabaleta's struggles. Up front, according to Sky as we speak, uh, Arnautovic is just about a deal done as well um, for around 20 million pounds. That doesn't really matter to you. What does matter to you is the 7.0 price tag and the fact that West Ham, playing in similar positions, have Mikhail Antonio, Andre Ayew, Manuel Lanzini, Robert Snodgrass, and Sofiane Fagouli. Mm-hmm. So it feels to me like this removes Arnautovic from fantasy relevance. Yeah, absolutely. Unless he starts up front. Yeah, he he may. I mean, you know, Andy Carroll and Sacco, they they can't stay, they can't stay healthy and Ashley Fletcher's 100 years away. He's not even close to, to contributing. Uh yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that I don't think they'll play him as as that, you know, that 9 or false 9 or whatever they're thinking. Uh you know, Andy Carroll is not the, you know, the fitness guru <laughs> that he can stay healthy. His top knot gets a, gets injured when he tightens it too much. So <laughs> It's it. You can't trust Andy Carroll for for much, and you know behind him is Diofre Sacco. So I mean, that's not really offering much. I could see them playing him as a false false nine, but I don't see it. And then we're gonna have to wait till it gets closer to the to the preseason or when they actually put their you know their actual starting eleven on the field, where he fits in between Antonio Ayu, Lanzini, you know Stodgrass, Faguli. You know, it's it's funny. It's making it's making Mark Noble look look awfully fantastic at 5.5 considering he does take the pks there <laughs> yeah it's it's really fascinating to me that last year they wanted to bring in a goal scoring winger that could supplement as a forward up front and they bought iu mm-hmm. and now they're just doing it again <laughs> it's in yeah. a it's I mean, kind of deja vu all yeah, over again. I mean, they they could play Andre Ayew up top by himself. They could, and then play Arnautovic and Antonio on the wings with Lanzini up the middle. I think that makes the most sense. Right now on paper, that's that's their best. I think that's their best front four. That's yeah, I, I would up. agree with you, but uh, that requires West Ham doing what makes the most sense with the talent available to them, which... They won't. They won't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely uh, question marks there. Uh, the last move of the week, uh, Kuko Martina moves from Southampton to Everton at 4.5. He's a right back, um, seemingly there to replace Mason Holgate, fantasy darling of last season, you know, until Coleman got hurt, which is when he started getting minutes, but then they stopped keeping clean sheets because, oh, uh, what's that thing? Seamus Coleman's good. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mason Holgate, while a young, talented center back prospect, not so good at right back. Uh, so Martina comes in at 4-5, which is interesting because we spoke last week about how all of the 4-5 guys, those like you can rely on 4-5 guys, are now 5-0. So mm-hmm. the fact he undercuts them, do you have any interest here or are you too terrified by Everton's uh, early schedule? Uh, I mean, from the interest point that I, what I saw people owning Mason Holgate at, they were kind of confident that you know Holgate would be doing something at 4.5. Are you that much more comfortable with Kuko Martina at 4.5? I, I, don't, I don't see it. Uh, what I saw from Mason Holgate in what, what was that tournament? The under twenty or under twenty ones? Where yeah, it was he, definitely one of those. England he, was in so many U tournaments this year. I think it was he the did 18s, not look twenties twenty ones. Yeah, he did not look good there. Uh, but the one good thing is for Everton is they do have a solid set of defenders that are probably better than Cuco Martina. Hmm. You got Baines at 6.0. You got Williams at 5.5. You got Michael Keane at 5.5. You still have Phil Jagielka lurking around at 5.0. Funes Mori is hurt or lying in the weeds. He's hmm. 5.0. You know, and you still have Mason Holgate at 4.5. And then you got my favorite, John Joe Kenny at 4.5. I mean, how could you, how could you go wrong? This, this defense is the best. In the, just end the season now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
But but yeah, I, I don't expect. Do you much just think there are too many defensive options? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at an Everton team for a, a defender, of course Baines is going to jump out at you because he's the most obvious obvious choice because of what he's done previously in the Premier League and his, and what he's you know exhibited to be good, you know. And I don't really want to own an Everton defender anyway. Kev, here's their first five games: home to Stoke, at City, at Chelsea, home to Tottenham. <laughs> At United. Yeah, it's bad. Um, yeah, that's not good at all. So, um, so you're basically saying that gives you the opportunity to suss it out? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're going to wait and watch these prices from Baines and Keane and Jagielka and probably Martina. Their ownership, they're probably going to be owned probably the first week or two, and they're just going to precipitously drop. I'd be a buyer at every one of them at two, you know, two cents cheaper than where they are right now. Yep, makes once, sense. Once, once they get past that week five game week for for United, they have Bournemouth, Borough, and and Wait. and Brighton. But what? They, what? they, they can't have Borough because they're a uh, Bournemouth championship. Oh, gotcha. They have Bournemouth, <laughs> Burnley, and Brighton. Too many B's. I yeah, it's a lot of alliteration. So I mean, after week five is when I'm looking at you know Everton defenders, and at that point, you know, we may have a better timetable for Seamus Coleman as well. So. You know, because that's basically almost Halloween. Mm. You know. Yeah. Um, also, uh, side note: while we're talking about player moves, as we're recording, uh, Wenger quoted saying that this is a decision has been made to not sell Alexis Sanchez, which will be interesting to see how that uh, shapes up. Considering we were just speaking about him earlier, potentially in that Manchester City lineup. Uh, Rob, speaking of lineups, you said you had a. Uh, Kind of early template team based on the uh, percentages of players that are already owned. Who uh, yeah. in there is of particular interest? Yeah, I just looked at the percentages of owned, who's picking who, who's, who's going where. Um, let me click on the right thing here. So it, it doesn't, it's not really, this isn't really a metric that you can judge anything by. It just goes by what people are looking at and who they're choosing. There's some strange choices there. Uh, the, the number one choice in goal at 5.5 is David De Gea at 26%. That's not that's not absorbent because me and Kevin both think by the end of the season United may have the most clean sheets at five that five. That's yeah. kind of a premium that you're going to play for goalies. Um, I kind of like to play the first six weeks with a with a you know favorable schedule. Um, you know I I try to for at a discount. Obviously I, I look at like the you know Fosters the Hennessy's even even you know you know even Heaton has an okay schedule for the first five. But, um, yeah, so at 5.5, De Gea owned 26%. I don't see it. I think people are just buying into a big name. And at the end of the day, sure, David De Gea is going to probably be in the top three for goalie scoring, but not the start of the season. I don't want him. Uh, moving on to defense, uh, these are just the five most uh, most owned players. I have uh, Charlie Daniels at 5.0, owned at, in 19.5. I'm skipping over the most it, it, most owned defender because I kind of teased it before, and I want to get back into that again. Um uh, Ranghel Ranghel is owned is owned in eighteen point seven. Angle Wrangle, yeah, yeah. At four dot he's the, he's the four buck Chuck right now for Swansea. Uh, four buck Chucks are good because um, he's basically your fifth fifth defender, and in most lineups you probably don't ever need him, which is a good thing. So if you want Rangel at four dot and you're one of the eighteen percent that own him already, you're doing a good job. Uh, Kyle Walker at six dot five owned in eighteen percent of leagues, and then Lindelof owned in 17.2% of leagues at 5.5. And the most expensive or most owned defender from Chelsea 
and the most defender owned defender in the the FPL right now at twenty percent. David Luiz. What? Surprisingly, surprise, surprise. But when you look when you look at the signings they they made, I think Luiz. Once we get to kickoff time on you know August eleventh, Luiz is going to be there for most of the Premier League games, and then probably shift out for the early stages of the the Champions League tournament and st- and other tournaments like that with Rudiger. I think that Rudiger slots right into Luiz's spot. That's just my that's just my wait to start the year. No, no, no. Luis is going to be on the on the pitch for the FPL games. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Right, right. But I'm saying when they start playing lesser tournaments and stuff like that, I think Luis sits and then mm. Rudiger yeah, yeah. comes in. So yeah, I think Luis, in everyone's eyes, at 6.0, he's cheaper than every other defender, Cahill, Espulaqueta, Alonso, and Moses by 0.5, and, and in Alonso's case, one whole dollar. So I think they're looking for th- – David Luis is the basic cheapest entry into a Chelsea defender. I'm not counting Kurzuma at 5.5 because he's going to be somewhere else, but Kurzuma, if he was cheaper, would be one of the better defensive ownerships right now. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm liking what people are thinking with the David Luiz thing. I just think by the end of, by, you know, kickoff, I don't think he'll be the, num- he'll be the number one guy, but I think it's just interesting now that people are buying into the, him as the num- most owned Chelsea defender. So yeah. moving on to, moving on to midfield, Kev, we have Della Ali, Philippe Coutinho, Wilfred Zaha, Paul Pogba, Alexis Sanchez. It's pretty much chalk right there. And then after Sanchez in sixth place is Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. Uh, Della Ali is owned in 38.4% of leagues at 9.5. I am in love with Della Ali at 9.5 this year. I think that basically he's going to give you the investment value that you want. I know it's, it's funny. Last year, comparably... Riyad Mahrez stayed, started at the same price, 9.5, last year, and he was basically shunned upon because he was too expensive because people didn't think he would do it again. Mm-hmm. That is not the case here. I think Del Ali is, is going to do it again. Uh, Coutinho, I'm, I'm not buying any Liverpool midfielders. You'll see my post on rasball.com tomorrow. I don't buy any Liverpool players right now. Wilfred Zaha is 7.0. I believe in Crystal Palace. I think they're going to do some good things. Not fantastic things, but it's 7.0. He won't burn you. Pogba, same thing. I think he's going to be an improvement over last year at 8.0, owned in 19.8% of leagues. is a good investment. I think he's getting by on name value right now. Once people realize that he's not really an official game fantasy asset, he'll probably be sold a lot. He'll probably go down before he goes up unless he scores the first week, obviously. And then Alexis Sanchez, 12.0, owned in 17.5. Obviously the best midfielder in this or any other format should be owned rightly so. The transfer rumors are probably squashed now. So his ownership will probably spike, and people will try to probably get the most investment of his ownership. Moving on to forwards. Forwards are pretty much chalk. It's Lukaku, Kane, and Lacazette, most owned. Lukaku is the most owned player in the official game right now at 45.1%. Me and Kevin said that, like, I believe two weeks ago, one mm-hmm. week ago, that Lukaku will probably be the most owned player only yeah. because of the, you know, his price. Big name, for a big club, team. recent move. Exactly, and I think people are a little shy because they like to read the you know the articles abound on the you know the universe of the internet that Harry Kane hasn't scored in August in in ever since I think I, he scored when he was six years old, but that doesn't count. But <laughs> you know people are shying away from his price tag at twelve dot five, but not not that many people are shying away because he's still in the thirty five percent of leagues. So I guess only you know certain amount of people are believing the non August. Well, I, I think know, a lot of people are thinking about the end of the year instead oh, of the beginning totally. of the year. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And then Locke is at a ten dot five, owned in twenty six point nine, rounds at the top three owned players. Um, it's interesting because I was looking 
because if you add up all the totals for the players I just listed, you can't really have all those in one team. I think you're at 111 million. So basically, people are either buying buying high and getting a third, or you know, doing whatever. But Dwight Gale is owned in 12 percent of leagues, and in the midfield ranks, these two stood out to me. Uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek at 4.5 is owned in 16.2 percent of leagues, and and Golo Conte just caught some uh, bad news today, by the way. Mm-hmm. Not injury or anything, but Jason Punchin being named club captain yep. is only damaging to Ruben Loftus-Cheek yep. because oh, that seemed to be the position that he would be most likely able to take over. 100%. But at 4.5, he's basically the punch, punch there. And his teammate, James MacArthur, is owned very well at 4.5 as well through the midfield. Uh, N'Golo Conte at 5.0 is owned in 13.6 of leagues, percent of leagues, which is interesting because you know he's going to play. He's probably going to play a ton of minutes. At 5.0, you're getting a, a, an invested midfielder. He's not going to do much for you offensively. He's probably going to do zero, unfortunately. But he is good for, for bonus points. And at his price tag, 5.0, he's your fifth midfielder. But you, the one good thing is you have a fifth midfielder that's going to play. So if you want that in your favor, I can, I can see what people are trying to, trying to do. So there's any names there, Kev, that jump out to you as being weird or overly owned since it is the preseason, I know we we fall into the hype of guys, and we read one article and click our team, click and change our team. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was very surprised by the Luis thing. Um, the midfield largely makes sense. Not really surprised there. Agree with you on the Kane thing. In my in my most recent draft, I've dropped Kane and brought Alexis back in. But you know, it's going to be interesting with both of them um, to see what happens come the start of the year uh, if Kane can actually get off the ground firing, and if Alexis is still at Arsenal or not where we if he's at City then we do have uh, well more minute concerns whether or not he'd actually be rotated would remain to be seen Um, no I I think a lot of that makes sense Uh, I agree with some of your Palace stuff I we've already talked about this on a lot of our shows I'm 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 fairly pro Palace this year Uh, I am disappointed in the punch-in thing Um, I realize that he does more than the official game uh, awards him for, but uh, in real life as well, he, I, I think that that is Palace's greatest weakness at the moment. Uh, you know, aside from not actually having a goalkeeper. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I think a lot of that makes sense. And if, if people want to run counter to things like uh, Lukaku, he just scored his first uh, friendly goal for Manchester United yesterday. But if you want to kind of wait and see how that turns out, he does have a good uh, run of fixtures to start the year, but. We still don't know how that attack is going to fully work out. I, I just think there's a lot of players. Well, obviously, only 11 players are in that most owned, um, which really gives you an opportunity to, even from the start of the season, go a little bit more uh, off-kilter a little bit to get a little bit of an advantage to start the year. I agree. Oh. <laughs> Sir, circle gets a square. That's it. Terrific. All right. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick break and come back and do a little bit of uh, either or and then get into the teams that have the best and worst schedules to start the year. Stay tuned. And we are. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish. They're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Back, Rob, we're going to stick with you uh, in a segment that was your idea last year, and we both did it at times, but it was very enjoyable. We're going to do a little bit of either or here uh, to continue our preseason coverage of the 2017-18 official Premier League game. So, Rob, who, who, who are we looking at to start off with? Uh, I'm just looking at guys that are kind of, you know, lying in the weeds, you know, for... I've used that term a lot today. You I'm, have. I apologize. i, I got to get a new phrase. You mean lying in the TV show weeds? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, I'm looking <laughs> at guys that are not the, not the... I don't think they're the focal point of teams. Well, one guy is, but... You know, you know, whatever, we'll get into it. They're not the focal point of, of fantasy right now, but I think they could be by, by the time that fantasy you know starts ramping up towards the beginning of the season. So we got Lindelof or Cedric in defense, Kev. To start the year, I'm definitely going to go with Cedric. Uh, the matchups uh, are definitely much better, and we don't yet know if Lindelof is definitely going to be the paired starter with, we assume, Eric Baye. Um, so yeah, to start the season, I'm definitely going Cedric. But long term, as, as we've said before, United probably going to have the strong. So if Lindelof does become, you know, a 30 plus start player for them, he would definitely have more value going forward. Yeah, I could see that happening. I still, I still would favor Eric Bailly over him. That's just me. Okay. But, but Bailly is at six, right? Yeah. Six. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, keeping it defense. Two guys that have new clubs this year and aren't the focal point of their defense. You know, they're not the most owned. They're not the most popular guy, but Michael Keane or Harry Maguire? Ooh. I like Michael Keane infinitely more as a player, but I think Maguire has the clear shot to playing time. I, I just don't like how many center backs are floating around at Everton right now, including mm-hmm. if they did start playing Holgate as a center back again instead of deploying him at right back, where, again, he's just not very good. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, they still have Williams. They still have, um, oh, well, Hol- uh, I already said Holgate, uh, Jaggy Elka. They still have Funes Mori on the books, so there's a lot of people in the way there, whereas at Leicester, everybody kind of had this feeling that Huth and Morgan were on the way down, and I, I think Maguire, within the first five weeks, will be starting for them, but I'd, I'd probably wait on both for now. I, I don't think I'd be including either of them, especially, remember, as we mentioned before with Everton, their their start to the season is horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, Leicester's not particularly great either, though, uh, which we'll get to in a little bit, but... Yeah, I, I'd avoid both for now. I like Keane more as a player, but I think Maguire probably ends the season with more minutes played. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think I think both are intermediate buys that if you're in the mood to, you know, roster one right now until we hear more news, you know, this is all preemptive because, you know, the, the, the season's still three weeks away and we still really don't know who fits in where and what fits what. But uh I I kind of I kinda like Maguire intrigue more, only because he's five you know, he's half a buck cheaper right now. And I think Lester will find a place for him, whereas I think Keane is going to be squeezed. So I, I kind of agree with you, Kev. All right, moving on. William or Fabregas? You, you knew it was coming. Every freaking week. I'm I'm always Team Willian, and I think the Bakayoko thing hurts Fabregas infinitely more. Okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a neither, because I want to see what happens first. Well, I, like I, I, think, said, I think the lack of Hazard puts Pedro on the left, which means there's a space mm-hmm. on the right, and Fabregas isn't going to play there. Nope. I think Willian is the 
for now, de facto yeah. choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. I completely agree. I think that is what is probably gonna we're gonna see most for the up until the build up of the season. And then the last one, I'll do a forward. Dwight Gale or Troy Deeney. Both at six dot five. The obvious answer should should be Troy Deeney, but it's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um the fa- I, I had uh uh Gale to start the season in my lineup, as you know, because we talked about it last week. I've now taken him out. That The fact that he opens up against Tottenham is concerning. Uh, the concern about them bringing in somebody ahead of him has been significantly lessened because all the names that were linked, they keep missing out on. Um, and <laughs> Newcastle fans don't seem particularly confident that Gale will be able to do the job, which has put me off him just a little bit. Uh, it's not sexy, but probably Troy Deeney. Okay. I mean, I I get the hype that Dwight Gale's coming with, but I, I would rather go with Troy Deeney. I like I like that he's a more of a recently proven fantasy preliminary, yeah. you know, striker. Yeah, and me too. And, five, and it's so easy to buy the Gale hype because of promoted strikers doing well of late, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. But he, he wasn't uh, he was obviously uninspiring for Palace last time he was here, but he was also a winger. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, Deeney is definitely more stable. Gale has higher upside for sure but yeah. whether or not he gets there or not i think is the issue i just there, who is who is stepping into the forward role at watford and doing anything it's not stefano wakaka i mean yeah. there's it no was for two weeks but not yeah I'm, but you know what i'm saying like there's yeah, nobody and, and, there uh, despite, and he's still the captain and he still takes the penalty kick. and despite all of the uh doom and gloom surrounding roberto Pereira. Uh, he did travel with them for their preseason, so mm-hmm. as of now, it looks like he's going to be involved, and he is a profoundly good distributor of the ball uh, that we were unfortunately robbed of seeing for about three quarters of last season due to injury. Yeah, profoundly. Mm-hmm. That is all that I have for you, Kevin, in the this or that or either or category. All right. Uh, well, then we will go from there into uh, the teams that you should be eyeing. It's obviously easy to get caught up in players because as we just mentioned with gale there's a move like that lukaku moving to united it's it's big it's flashy it's sexy but we're going to talk about teams on the whole and then you can kind of work and cipher your way down from there to narrow your your field division down to the people that you definitely would want uh to start the year uh for me teams that i'm looking at to start the season uh arsenal uh lester stoke and uh don't know what i wrote here uh hmm is that supposed to be Brighton? I don't know. Bournemouth. Sure. It's supposed to be Bournemouth. Lester Stoke and Bournemouth uh, as three of their first five. The other two are Liverpool and Chelsea, which are no uh, cakewalks. But the Liverpool defense, I'm not profoundly confident in it. Help this profoundly again. Uh, until uh, or if they sign Van Dyke. If it's the same defense as last year, I'm not even a little bit concerned uh, going into that one. Especially if they have Alexis. That if if they somehow manage to keep Alexis, uh, mm-hmm. Alexis Lacazette and Utzel and attack with whichever pace merchant they rotate each week to week on the right side, whether it be Walcott or Oxley Chamberlain if he stays, or uh, oh wait, who was that other one last year? Just entirely forgot his existence. He played on the left a lot for Arsenal. Yeah, did did uh, Champions League stuff when Alexis was starting up front. Gah. Perez? No. Welbeck? No. Awobi? Yeah, Alex Awobi. Yeah, he was he mattered like for like six weeks last year. Um but yeah, that that would obviously be uh 
a very good start to the year for them. And like I said, Liverpool not too concerning. Uh, Manchester City have a pretty good start as well uh, with Brighton, Bournemouth, and Watford uh, as three of their first five. <laughs> we just listed the Arsenal attack. Uh, Manchester City have, what, three more players battling for their front four? Yeah. Um, so whoever ends up starting for them is obviously going to be a threat. Uh, I, I, uh, here's, here's a frustrating one because I already mentioned the difference between liking a team and liking the players. Southampton on paper, at attack and defense both have good starts. We both like the defense. The attack is where there are many, many question marks. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's Charlie Austin, I feel like we can trust him a lot more than uh, the great Gab- Gabagoo from last Gabagoo. year. Yeah, and we we talked uh, when they first brought in Pellegrino that it could help Tadic, um, that it could really, really benefit Sofiane Buffal. This is the start. I mean, I don't. I, I have had a hard time deciding whether or not to put a Southampton player in my team. I have not as of yet. Mm-hmm. But you look at Swansea, West Ham, Huddersfield, Watford, and Palace going both ways. That is one top ten attack and no top ten defenses, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. Uh, yep. The the upside of this is at the end of those five weeks, we will know whether or not Southampton will matter this year for fantasy. Because if yep. they can't do it in this stretch, it's not going to happen. Nope. Um, but I really, really like those fixtures on both sides. That's why I like Cedric. Uh, mm-hmm. Other people like Bertrand. If Van Dyke stayed, he'd be huge. Uh, Forster is currently my starting keeper in uh, my uh, latest draft of my team right now. So I really like Southampton. And uh, Tottenham, even though the second match is Chelsea, which is of concern, the fact that there's no Hazard definitely benefits Tottenham. Uh, Newcastle, Burnley, and Swansea uh, as the other ones, obviously not too uh, concerning. But the Kane thing is, but this is why last week we talked about Della Ali, and you talked about him again this week, is last year when Kane was out, we learned that Della Ali can perform without him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later on, we found out he could perform even if Kane was having down days, and that is so crucial. Um so, again, as a team, I think Tottenham is a team you can trust for the first three. Uh, any any teams other than those that you're really highlighting to start the season? Uh, you mentioned Southampton. I like Southampton to begin the year. Uh, West Brom is an intriguing thing with Bournemouth, Burnley, Stoke, Brighton, West Ham to start the year. That's not Ooh, too that awful. Makes, that makes them really defensively interesting for sure. Yeah, uh, And, you know, Tony Pulis, he likes to sign center backs. He just named uh, – what's his – What's his face? The captain today, Phil, uh, Johnny Evans. Johnny Evans. Oh, congratulations, really? Johnny Evans. Interesting. Uh, two other ones that are I think are interesting that are going to have nice prices for your for your team. Uh, look at Newcastle. After their first game against Tottenham, they have Huddersfield, West Ham at home, Swansea away, Stoke at home, Brighton uh, uh, on the road. Mm. So that's not too bad for the first six. And then uh, and then you get into Huddersfield again. If you're not a buyer in Newcastle, you could buy buy into Huddersfield. They have. Palace on the road, Newcastle at home, Southampton at home, West Ham on the road, Leicester at, at home. Yeah. So, I mean, those aren't two bad things. For, and for prices, everybody's looking for that the discounted, you know, fourth or fifth defender that they can squeeze in there that may, you know, actually give them a matchup value. So I think that, you know, I think a, a Huddersfield and a and a Newcastle defender as your fourth and fifth defender rotate very nicely with which whatever one you want to you know roster in there for depending on the game week and the match. Um, but yeah, I mean, you basically want staple items here. You want a Spurs defender. I think you want a Chelsea defender just because at the end of the day, you want a United defender. And then I think you want to mix in with a Southampton, a West Brom, Newcastle, Huddersfield to, to round out the dollars and make, make your roster make sense. Get it under that hundred mil. Yep. 
Yep, yep. Definitely agree with a lot of those. And really like uh, the Huddersfield shout, as I have recently seeded and put Mooney into my actual team. He replaced Gale, who I talked about taking out earlier. Um, Love me some Mooney. Yep. Mooney, Mooney, Mooney. <laughs> That's a horrible joke. All right, so for bad matchups uh, to start off with, uh, you and I have talked in the past about how we're not particularly big uh, Heaton guys this year because it seems like the that good keeper from a bad team rotates every year. Very rarely mm-hmm. is it the same guy repetitively. Uh, they start in their first five. They have Chelsea, Tottenham, and Liverpool. Uh, all of whom had top five attacks last year, which makes that very concerning. We've talked Everton to death. Just don't do it. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. just wait wait for week six or later and then see what's going on when they face all those B teams you mentioned earlier. Uh, Stoke have an equally tough start, although if Arnautovic leaves, is is there anybody of interest aside from Butland at Stoke? Zuma? Five five. Oh, oh wait, is is that that actually happening? I know that well, was Well, I'm saying really if, if it if it yeah, does yeah. happen. I mean, he becomes yeah. the. I think he becomes the the sexiest player there. Yeah, he becomes the sexiest Potter, <laughs> which is not that sexy. Uh, and then uh, Leicester, United, and Chelsea to start the year uh, is not too fun. And, and sounds like Ihe Anacho may actually be on the way, which is so strange considering all the forwards they already have. Uh, but that, that's another club. I just kind of want to wait and see how all of that ends up shaking out. Yeah, for me, it's uh, teams I'm not looking at. Arsenal, I don't, I don't trust them for their really? first first six. Leicester, Stoke, Liverpool, Bournemouth, Chelsea. No, no, thank you. It's given those prices, given those prices, I'd rather just have a Spurs defender or a Chelsea defender and flip flop if I oh, wanted to. Defenders for sure. Uh, How do you feel about the attack? Though? Oh, attack! I mean, you're gonna own you're gonna own Arsenal guys regardless. I mean, but you're probably gonna own Sanchez and Sanchez only. Maybe a, maybe a, a smattering of Ozil. Mm. So I mean, there's not really people. Arsenal is one of those teams where it's a big name team, but for fantasy, how many other options are there besides Sanchez and Lock, maybe Lacazette? But I'm not a I'm not a huge Lacazette believer in the beginning of the season. I think that you know, I think he, I think he's the kind of player that needs time to gel, and then he's going to get goals and lumps. Yeah. So that's that's just me. Um, let's see defensively with schedules on Bournemouth. They are very they were very leaky at the end of last year. I don't know they haven't made many changes in defense, so I think that probably continues. Well, it got um, okay. Yeah, but. He was there for most of the year anyway. No, he wasn't. He was there for half the year, and they were good that half of the year. All right. For, he was there for 21 weeks. Okay. So, but they, <laughs> they, have, they have West Brom, Watford, City, Arsenal, Brighton, Everton in their first six. So, yeah. I mean, you're not really, you're not really heavily investing in, in Bournemouth. I'm just saying there's, at, at the given price tag, I'd probably go with a West Brom defender or mm. a Southampton defender because that's basically what you know, you're given the choice of Cedric or Charlie Daniels. Yeah. You know? Let's see who else. Stoke definitely in avoid. Three of those first four matchups are blah dot com and <laughs> Everton. And Everton just wait wait till like Labor Day ish and then figure out what's what. Or if you hear some some comforting Seamus Coleman news, then you can start buying back in. Yeah, I I, I think that'll probably be the first Everton player I own this year. Yeah, <clears throat> will be Coleman when it comes back. Although as we've said before, Rooney at seven five is low enough to be tempting. Like yeah. if he actually does stuff. Yeah, it's funny you said uh, you mentioned so- about Southampton. We'll know what Southampton is fantasy wise after the first six games. Yeah. I think the same thing is the same same to be hold about about Everton because just the in other their way fir- in their first like six super deep end. Yeah, Stoke City, Chelsea, Tottenham, United, and then Bournemouth, who is not a, a I don't think they're a pushover by any stretch. I think that they are probably equally offensively talented as Everton right now. Yeah, uh, especially depending on how they decide to deploy. Uh, King and Defoe up front. Um, mm-hmm. 
All right, so that'll uh, do it for the uh, matchup segment for this show. Now we're just going to quickly talk through our current drafts of our teams. Rob, have you uh, made any significant changes to your first draft from last week? Yeah, I mean, it's just I'm just bouncing around. I, I've gotten onto the tip of investing in heavy defenders right now, so my defense is kind of loaded, but I really haven't tinkered with it since maybe yesterday. So I have Lindelof, Cedric, Bertrand, Trippier, and Alonzo on defense. Tons of money Ooh, invested Cedric and there. Bertrand, you're going DFS strat there. Yeah, I, I love I love the double I love the double Saints. You know, this way maybe I'll get to heaven faster. <laughs> uh, my goalies are still Hennessy and Foster. I don't think I've changed those. Uh, through the midfield, I have Zaha, Phillips, Ali, Lanzini, and Granite Chaka. Still, he's my five five punt. I can go up or down if I wanted to. If I wanted to go to you know, even though the the Ruben Loftus Cheek news was bad, you can go to four five or you can stay at five five. There's tons of guys there that to invest in. And then up front, I have. Just I just left it what I had because I was tinkering around with a five five three or five four one, and so I would have Zaha Phillips, Ali Lanzini through the midfield, and, and I would have you know Gail Kane, uh, <clears throat> Gail Kane, Gail Kane and King. I was probably going with an Oprah theme there up up, <laughs> up top, but I really couldn't pull it off. Um, but yeah, this is just a she's just a tinker from when I left it last. Uh, there'll be forty different new ones throughout before um, August eleventh. But uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, for me, I've uh, made some pretty wholesale changes. Um, the back uh, for the goalkeepers has stayed the same. Um, the defense is uh, somewhat similar. Uh, Trippier in for Alderweireld, basically the second Walker went out the door. Still have Cedric in, still have Yedlin in. Uh, did bring in Charlie Daniels, who you just said you hated. But the West Brom stuff is interesting. I'll look more into those matchups. As you said, Angel Rangel is the uh, four-buck chuck of choice for pretty much everyone right now. Now, last week... I basically said you could only really fit two big midfielders in. Uh, and I don't know if you remember, I just said I hated all of the 8.0 midfielders um, and needed to know a lot more. Uh, and so I, then I bumped up to 9.0 and had Coutinho. And then I realized, you know, for a whole buck more, do I really believe that much more in Coutinho than the rest of those 8.0 guys? So I decided no. So I bumped uh, who originally started out as Pogba all the way up to a De Bruyne. So now my midfield is Alexis, Della Ali, Kevin De Bruyne, which is pr- a pretty big heavy-hitting bunch. Um, then still have Phillips at 6.0, and I uh, have changed Ruben Loftus-Cheek to uh, Tommy Carroll as soon as we heard that news. Sigurdsson not going on their preseason tour could open up the attacking midfield slot for Swansea. And for all their crimes, creating chances has never been Swansea's issue. They've always played a fairly attractive brand of football, and if Tom Carroll is at the point of that, uh, he could have a really good season, especially at a 4.5 price tag. Uh, up front, obviously, to fit the De Bruyne thing in, had to drop down from Kane down to Gabriel Jesus at 10.5. Paired with Roberto Firmino, who stayed in the team, and as I said, dropped down from uh, Dwight Gale to Stephen Mooney. Wait, <laughs> I don't think his first name is Stephen at all. Ooh, um, Mooney? Mooney? Yeah. Steve Mooney? Oh, is it Steve? Yeah. Oh, great. I didn't make that up at all. That's terrific. But there's no end. But uh, as you said, e- even though they're a newly promoted team, Crystal Palace, Newcastle, Southampton, West Ham, Leicester is not the worst run. Um, Southampton is at home, which is fortunate because when Southampton are at St. Mary's, they're obviously a, a lot tougher defensively. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I'm uh, willing to gamble there. Uh, I'm probably the, the shift that's happened is if I kept Gale in, I would have benched Gale week one against Tottenham and started whoever ended up in my team between Loftus-Cheek and uh, Tommy Carroll with Mooney, and I think he'd be starting, so I'd start uh, with a 3-4-3 with uh, Trippier, Cedric, and uh, Charlie Daniels starting. 
Alexis Ali, De Bruyne, Phillips, and then Jesus, Mooney, and uh, Roberto Firmino. And I think that's how my team would look uh, day one. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how this continues to change. Uh, lots of uh, movement still to come from a lot of teams. There's still a lot of big question marks for big clubs out there. So, uh, obviously, keep it tuned here. We'll, we'll keep you apprised on all the uh, fantasy comings and goings. Uh, in the interim, though, Rob, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Smokey underscore Loogie, or you can find my writings on Razball.com. Yeah, I'm your other host, Kevin DeVries. We've gotten our game and content sides both up over at Goal.com, so be sure to check those out. Um, also, uh, we are continuing to take in names for our uh, Play Toggle League that we're going to do for this podcast. We've already had... I think five or six people uh, submit. So still a couple slots left if you'd like to be involved in that. Also, this will be one of the first two episodes of our show that will be going up uh, via Fantrax and Fantrax Radio. So uh, shout out to them as well. And see, this is the part where I've always forgotten something. But, uh, oh, the EPL Roundtable. We'll be back in earnest uh, at the weekend. Uh, We'll probably have updates on the championship clubs. We weren't able to record a full show on Sunday. Maybe try to record a full show, but I, my my gut is telling me it's probably going to be just uh, segments for Newcastle, uh, Huddersfield, and Brighton, Hove, Albion. So uh, be sure to check those out because if you're listening to the actual Premier League information, you'll also have more background for what's going on in the fantasy world as well. Uh, so yeah, in the interim, uh, keep listening to all our stuff. Again, he's at Smokey underscore Loogie. I'm at Kevroff. You can reach us, EPLRoundtable at gmail.com, and we'll catch you next week. Hey. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.